Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Rams have hit a skid at a bad time. The Broncos seem to be coming alive at the perfect time. And is Big Ben done again? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Green Bay Packers jumped out to a 10-0 lead and never really looked back. They take down the LA Rams 36-28. Joining me now from Locked On Rams is Sosa Kermendras. And Sosa, we talked about this on Friday. This was the marquee NFC matchup. The Packers down a lot of key players. They go out and they get an impressive win. I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion other than we just saw the best team in the NFC on Lambeau Field on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't think it was the Rams. So uh, there's definitely, I think, a gap right now when it comes to the Packers and, you know, whoever is next up in the NFC. It feels like we don't really even have a definitive answer. Uh, And good on them. I mean, they really took advantage. They really... Uh, impressed me you know we talked about it even on the crossover last week this is a team right now that is really banged up I mean they have every excuse to go out there and put together a bad game and you know blame it on missing some of these pro bowlers and all pro players yet they continue to overcome their injuries and find ways to get it done so uh, they really look like they're the class of the NFC right now and I definitely think uh, there's probably a bigger gap than we envisioned between you know someone like the Packers and someone like the Rams This is also three straight losses for the all-in Rams. Matthew Stafford, you came on Locked On Today on Friday, and we talked about this being a referendum of sorts on Matthew Stafford. This, This is the version of Matthew Stafford that Packers fans certainly saw in Detroit. It This has to be a disappointment right now. It certainly is. I think it's a huge concern because, you know, you go to the earlier part of the schedule, it felt like, we started to talk about this guy potentially taking that step into that elite tier of quarterbacks, right? right? And we don't, we probably overuse that word, I guess, when you look back on it now, but seems to be the same guy that he's always been in Detroit, a good, not great player that'll come up, you know, some games will have a really good game and look like he's bordering that elite territory. And then another game where he just kind of looks like a guy that just can't really get out of his own head. And right now we continue to see the same issues propping up inconsistencies inaccuracies you know bad passes uh, bad decision making turnovers third game in a row with a pick six I mean I can't even do it anymore it's really Mm. getting to me now Uh, very frustrating to watch very annoying very tough but there's a lot of issues for the Rams to solve right now a lot of question marks and I think it all really has to start and really ends at the quarterback position when they can figure out what's wrong there they can really start to dig into where you know they can go about improving this team at what point does this fall on the shoulders of Sean McVay? Because this was the guy that that he handpicked to come in and be the quarterback. It was, okay, Jared Goff. Jared Goff was the excuse for the shortcomings before. They went out and they spent a first-round pick to get Matthew Stafford, and they're still not winning these big games with Sean McVay. What's the disconnect here? There has to be a lot of heat on him right now, and it feels like there is uh, to the point where maybe we've never really seen it to this degree in his career up to this point. Uh, you look at the the team this season, I think they're 6-0 against teams that are under 500 and 1-4 against teams that are above 500. So right now, 
yeah, they're beating up on teams that aren't going to be playoff contenders, but that's not what the Rams are all in for. They're all in for, you know, competing with the best of the best and being the best team, actually, not just competing. So a lot of issues right now. And it starts with the head man at, at Sean McVay. Feels like his offense. I mean, this is the play caller. This is the guy that designs the offense. They are struggling more than anyone on the team right now. So a lot of question marks. And I don't really know how they're going to go about solving it. But they got a good opportunity this week, I guess, uh, you know, against Jacksonville. Not exactly the best team in the NFL. But uh, they're they're in a bad spot right now. It doesn't look like they're going to have a shot to win the NFC West. Let's just call it what it is. Two and a half games back. Um, and it seems like they're the most likely fifth seed. So a team that's really all in a lot of question marks, uh, not that many weeks left to figure it out. And uh, we're, we're going to learn a lot about this team really, really soon here. Yeah, and could draw a very dangerous Cowboys team in the first round if that is, in fact, how it all plays out. Sosa, thanks, man. Follow Locked on Rams to see if they can turn this around. And of course... Follow Locked On Packers to see if they can keep it going. Coming up, the Broncos got an amazing performance from their defense and ran the ball down the Chargers' throats on their way to a victory. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Lincoln Riley said he wasn't going to LSU. He failed to mention any other schools, like maybe USC. Well, here I was thinking that I could enjoy a nice Sunday afternoon at the park with the kids, and then Lincoln Riley decides to go and pull some stuff. This is John Williams, host of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Last night in his post-game press conference after Bedlam, Riley was emphatic, saying he would not be the next coach at LSU. However, he failed to mention that he was interested in taking another head coaching job. This time, it is USC that is landing the big fish, according to multiple reports out there from Pete Thamel, Bruce Feldman, Matt Zenitz of On3 Sports. Uh, according to Matt Zenitz, he's already informed his staff that he will be leaving for L- USC. And that will send a major shockwave through the college football world and uh, through Oklahoma football altogether. The Oklahoma Sooners are deep into California recruiting and in the 2023 class in particular. And this will have an impact on those uh, top recruits that committed to come play for Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. We'll have more to discuss on this in the next few days as Oklahoma joins the coaching carousel that has hit the college football world over the last few months. There was an S and a U in there somewhere, but they were in a different letter. We got the other letter wrong. The Clippers fell flat against the Warriors. What's going on, Clips fans? Chuck Mockler here, one half of the hosting duo over at Locked On Clippers, coming at you after a turnover-filled loss to the Warriors at Staples. Paul George had 30 points. He also had eight turnovers. The Clippers as a whole had over 20. Just not a good game intensity-wise. Reggie Jackson ended with zero points, which I cannot remember the last time that happened when he played a full game, but it was very much not ideal today. Steph Curry got hot after picking up a tech. The defense very much kept the Clippers in this one, but the offense just isn't there. There needs to be more aggression from everybody other than Paul George for the most part. It's on to the Pelicans tomorrow, and hopefully we can get back in that win column. James Reimer shut out the Blackhawks as the Sharks got the dub. James Reimer with a shutout. I'm J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks, and the Sharks prevail mostly on the back of James Reimer with a 2 to nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks. A game where the Sharks were outplayed in the first and third period, but were able to scrape together just enough offense, uh, including a, two goals from Timo Meyer with a empty netter to seal the deal at the end of the game. Uh, but tonight was all about James Reimer, who has taken his position as the Sharks' number one goalie, and you could argue is the been the most important player for the Sharks so far this season. 
and the Panthers were boat raced by the Dolphins. But the big news, Cam Newton got benched. He was 5 for 21 for 92 yards. And as Matt Rule put it, P.J. Walker knows our hurry up offense more as they entered that phase of the game. I was fine with it, Newton said after. At that particular point, I had more than enough opportunities to keep the game in the balance. Rule said this does not mean there will be a change at starting quarterback after the bye. But we all know, don't trust coaches when they say stuff like that because it is always subject to change. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. BetOnline has plenty this Monday night. The Seahawks and the Washington football team are facing off on Monday night football. BetOnline.ag has this as a pick so get your popcorn ready. In professional hoops, the Trailblazers are traveling to play the Jazz, and BetOnline loves the home side. They've got Utah favored by 7.5. And Gonzaga looks to bounce back after their first loss of the season at home against Tarleton State. BetOnline is confident they will, favoring the Bulldogs by, get this, 30. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. In a battle of AFC West playoff hopefuls, the L.A. Chargers and the Denver Broncos had a chance to show that they were capable of being a playoff team and a dangerous one in the AFC. Maybe not the team a lot of people thought would show that they were, in fact, that dangerous team. The Denver Broncos take care of the Chargers 28-13 to thanks to the incredible play of Patrick Sertan. We'll get to him in just a second. Joining me now from Locked on Broncos, Cody Rourke. And Cody, this, this Broncos defense has not been as elite perhaps as we thought they would be but this is a team with a ton of talent and they showed it in this game yeah no spot on I mean coming into the season I think the expectation was hey this might be the best defense in the National Football League and a lot of people are saying hey right. it could challenge the 2015 Denver Broncos at least on paper well you know everything with Von Miller it didn't work out obviously they traded him away to the LA Rams they're 0-3 since acquiring him probably nothing to do with that but just just the wild nature they've had a lot of young guys and, and Denver's dealt with a lot of injuries they lost Josie Jewell Alexander Johnson starting linebackers for the entire season with pec injuries early on and, and obviously they were in this game against the Chargers without Kareem Jackson at uh, you know at the safety position, so Devers had to overcome a lot in terms of the injury department. But the defense, they've probably been the most consistent part of this unit all season. They've had moments where they look elite, and then they have moments where they seemingly can't stop anybody. So you know, once they can get that figured out and have continuity, I, I think they have a lot of room to grow as a defensive unit. I think the question for, for this team is, as you said, we thought that the the strength of this team would be the defense, the offense. Could they do enough? And we did not expect to have those questions about the Chargers. So as you look at this L.A. team with Justin Herbert, was it something that you felt like Denver did? This, this Chargers offense has just not been there in the way that we thought they could be in any sort of consistent way this season. And they're, they're at risk of throwing away a year where Justin Herbert is you know in in his in his prime i mean it's not so early we have to be oh they wasted justin herbert's prime but like there're only so many opportunities with a rookie quarterback like him on his rookie quarterback deal and it looks like this is not going to be that kind of season for them 
Yeah, I mean, they've been wildly inconsistent, too. I mean, one week they look like one of the best teams in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, this was coming off of a game on Sunday Night Football last week where Herbert had over 400 total yards all-purpose himself. He had 90 yards rushing, 382 yards passing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then coming into this game, you know, he, he struggled. He had a couple of bad throws this game. He had a couple that could have been intercepted. They were deflected and dropped. But we just didn't see that rhythm there. And a lot of it was, I think, Austin Eckler is really the workhorse of this offense. If they can get him going, in the run game if they can get them going as a receiver out of the backfield I think that the rest of their offense rolls because teams have a hard time generally trying to figure out okay hey if we contain Austin Eckler then you got to go more one-on-one coverage on the outside with guys like Mike Williams Keenan Allen prolific route runners that they are not to mention they have size at the tight end position Jared Cook had a great play against the Broncos on kind of a desperation throw they even have Parham who's a very sizable tight end option so they have the offensive talent I just think that with Joe Lombardi's offense They've been so inconsistent with doing things that Justin Herbert does really well and then kind of going away from what works. Uh, but Denver, I think, had a, a really good execution. I think the difference maker here, Peter, uh, you have Baron Browning and Kenny Young at inside linebacker, athletic linebackers who can spy Eckler, and they did a fantastic job here in this game. And, and it made things harder because the Broncos have the secondary where they can actually play a little bit and obviously get some one-on-one matchups against Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and they have guys that can make those plays in the air. Follow Locked On Broncos for more. Coming up, the Steelers were devastated by the Bengals, and Ben Roethlisberger was a big reason why. What are the Pittsburgh Steelers? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried one, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try it to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just difficult to, to eat, to want to eat. Built Bars are different. They're soft. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's just different. You know it when you taste it. But they're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So you're eating something delicious and you don't have to feel bad about it. In fact, you can feel good because you're fueling your body the right way and it tastes great. And there's flavors for everyone. Salted caramel, double chocolate. I love the coconut brownie. All the coconut flavors slap real hard. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Just when I'm starting to buy into the Pittsburgh Steelers, they go out and do something like this. And I don't know that they can redeem themselves. They lose to the Bengals 41-10 to in a game where Ben Roethlisberger once again looks like washed Ben. I don't know what happened to Svelte Ben or whatever thing we're doing there. Joining me now from <laughs> Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter. Maybe Chris can tell me what's going on. What, what, what adjective we're using with Ben now. Uh, why should I trust Pittsburgh to be a playoff team in the AFC? <laughs> You shouldn't. <laughs> but I'm just I'm going to answer your question. That's straight up right now. I, I'll say this. I, I wouldn't trust Pittsburgh to, to do anything, whether it's to because to, some people say they're going to lose every single game. I'm like, I wouldn't bet on that either. <laughs> just, like, don't, here's, the, here's the bottom line. 
this Steelers roster was predicated on the idea that it was going to have an elite defense, it was going to be able to stop the run, it was going to be able to rush the passer. And sure, injuries have decimated that, but that's led to other problems. Devin Bush is playing like he doesn't understand how to read keys in football. Um, you know, TJ Watt came back. He's definitely not 100%, but I get the sense that the Steelers are like, look, man, we got nobody else out there. You got to go out and do it. Cam Hayward is chasing down quarterbacks 40 yards downfield. It is uh, a lot of question marks right now. Um, but the, the bottom line is that the Steelers, we've seen the Steelers have their rough days, like you know, but over the past 15 years of the Mike Tomlin tenure, there's always been a sense after a game. It's like, hey, you know what? They have this or you know what? They have that. They can go here. They can go there. There's places to build. There's young stars that you can build on. But like after that game, the way they lost to the to the Bengals, there's like no there's no there's no direct direction of right now. Like, hey, by next week, if we, if you do this you'll bounce back. Like going into the Browns game, they, 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 they was like, Hey, you stuffed the run. You're back in business. There were so many problems in that Bengals game. There's no way to do that this time. And, and you mentioned the defense. We have not seen the defense be consistent, but defense, you know, we know historically can, can vacillate pretty wildly, whether it's week to week, season to season, but we thought they were going to be committed to running the ball. They, they go out and they get Najee Harris, Eight carries, 23 yards, three catches for 14 yards in this game. A, a non-factor in this game. How do they How do they fix that? Because they invested a lot in bringing him in and making, a focal, making him a focal point in this offense. And I, I don't know if they just picked an anachronistic style or what, but <laughs> their offense, I mean, what is their identity right now, Chris? The offense doesn't have an identity, and that's just the problem. And I've been saying that with Matt Canada. I got early on it was going to have problems finding that identity. But I was like, okay, if you can become a team that at least knows, hey, when you know, we'll win a cloud of dust battle and then we'll hit you over the head with some play action passes. Right. There's something to be built there. Uh, and then occasionally a jet sweep here and there. But it's almost as if Matt Canada has tried to, the Steelers offensive coordinator this year, um, it's almost as if he's tried to make the jet sweeps, the the quick passes to the outside, the identity of the offense. It's just like, those are those are cute add-ons. Those are cool things to wrinkle into the offense. But it's it's almost like those have become the focal point, and that's the problem. Now, I wouldn't put any of this on Najee Harris as far as running the ball wise. The Steelers' right. offensive line has been getting decimated. Kendrick Green was already kind of like, you know so so you know first year playing you know just at center because he was a guard through his time at Illinois. Uh, but you, you're seeing even worse now. Kevin Dotson was probably one of the lone bright spots of the Steelers offensive line. He got put on IR a couple weeks ago, and then his backup, J.C. Ossenauer, got put on IR last week. So now they're down to a third-string guard, and it's looking even worse and worse. So, you know, I think this that's, that offensive line was being held together with scotch tape, and now it just got ripped through. And uh, so now you're – yeah, now you're going to be able to run the ball. So now you're going back to, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, can you throw 40 to 50 times a game and make it happen? And that's what we knew at the end of last year. You try that, you're going to be going you – know, you're going to go from 11-0 and 0 to what? 1-5 in the last games. And finally, Steph Curry found another level of awesomeness on Sunday night, and the refs were to blame. In the fourth quarter, with nine minutes left, Curry drove to the basket for a contested layup. He thought he was fouled by Terrence Mann, but no whistle came. Curry then blew up and received a technical foul for his outburst. I thought I got fouled, so I let my emotions go, Curry said after the game. You have to be able to direct that energy into just putting the ball into the basket, obviously, after that. Imagine Steph Curry channeling more energy into making shots. One of the greatest shot makers ever. 
yeah, that's got to be pretty scary for the West. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe, free and available on all platforms. Coming up Tuesday, Lincoln Riley, he did what now? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.